We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sean and Brian, I know it's a bit early, but what do you think B-Mo has to work on to be drafted in the first round of next year's draft, assuming he isn't already expected to be a first round? Well, I would imagine most people are going to be projecting him as a first uh, as a first rounder because he's a great cover guy. Number one, got to get stronger. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, he's got to continue to get stronger, which he's also a sophomore, so you expect that. That's got to manifest itself in two ways. Number one is you got to be a little bit more physical, down the field. I mean, there's a reason Bo Collins gave him a little bit of issues in that game last year because Bo could kind of just out physical him a little bit. So you you got to do you got to do that. Where Marvin Harrison's not really a physical receiver, or at least he did, has some play like against Notre Dame. It was more about just speed and running. And Ben can run with you. He he can open and run with you. And then he's got to make sure he's getting back to. You know, I think sometimes he gets a little bit too grabby, Sean, mm-hmm. in coverage. He's got to work better about that. And then he's got to be get better get back to being a better tackler, to me. So I think those are all things that he's going to have to work on, in my opinion. Small things, and then he's going to have to go to the combine and run a good time to kind of confirm. Yeah, confirm what same process is that because he's not just like that top ten pick, right? Defensive back, you know, he's going to have to do. He's going to have to affirm and confirm some things on film. Right now, he's a late first round guy. I would Mm -hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. The question is, will those things allow him to vault himself into more of the upper echelon of the first right. round? Right. It's like I think right now people are going to start projecting Will Johnson as like a top 10 to 12 pick because he's so much right. more physically imposing. Physically than, right. But I think Benjamin's production has been just as good as a cover guy. Yeah. But he brings the other Will brings a little bit more to the table in as an all-around game. And Ben was actually a pretty good all-around player. Like Ben was a better cover guy this year than he was as a freshman. His but and his he wasn't film- as good. As a in the run game, 
this mm-hmm. year as he was, in my opinion, as a freshman, which is odd. And his his film, um, his film against Marvin Harrison was better than Will Johnson's, in my oh, opinion. By far. Yeah. By f- both years. Both years. Yeah. Yes. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Devil's advocate with new teams added to the Big Ten and SEC. How great would it be that Michigan... Uh, funny, you can't even put the women in there. <laughs> and Bama missed first expanded playoffs. I could see at least three losses for Michigan, Bama two or more. We both dig that, John. Um, Michigan for sure. I don't. I don't think is a playoff team next year. And, and honestly, I don't know that Michigan would have been a playoff team this year if Harbaugh stayed. They're losing a lot from their team, and their schedule is way harder than it was this year. Mm-hmm. They've got Texas at home, USC at home, at Washington, Oregon at home, at Ohio State. That doesn't even include games like Fresno, at Illinois. Like that's not going to be a cakewalk. Jonathan Smith now at Michigan State. What are they? I mean, and then you've got the Big Ten title game, which is going to not be a like for Ohio State and Michigan. The Big Ten title game was a gimme W in the past. Now it's not. Because you may have to play against each other again. Mm-hmm. You have to play against Oregon again. So to me, they would be if they. So I just said that this five, Sean. It's Texas, USC, Washington, Oregon, Ohio State. If they go three and two against that and don't have an upset against an Illinois team like that, that's a Sean Moore should be up for Coach of the Year award. I just don't think that's going to happen because of how much they lost and how hard their schedule is going to be. And they lost a lot of the coaching staff that established the culture that made them as good as they are. And I, and I don't love the Wink Martindale hire either. As a mm. I really don't. I really don't. So what do you think, Sean? I mean, Bama's a, Bama's a little different, but just f- first of all with Michigan, I mean, I'll be shocked if Michigan's a player. I'll I mean, learn a lot. A shot of Michigan. I just – they're losing a ton, I, dude. I think, I think Michigan – they lose a ton offensively. Mm-hmm. Michigan, if you watch their defense, their defense, first of all, their back end is going to be ridiculous. Could be. Yeah, Will Johnson, both safeties come back. Yeah. I love Paige back there. Their, their defensive backs are going to yeah. be going to be I don't solid. like their safeties quite as much as you do against the schedule they're well, going to see, play. I like their safeties with the front seven they have. Sure. See, that's the thing. And now, who's the guy? Because they don't have mentor. 
So now this is going to come down to coaching because I know the players can produce. And they don't have clink scale either now coaching the secondary. Right. So what are they going to be asked to do? That's going to be the difference. But if they can, if the defense can play at the same level, I don't who who's going to beat them. They got Texas in the big house. That's which I think Texas, Texas can absolutely beat them. Yeah. But Texas right. now, what look at what they're missing on their defensive line. Right. They got to replace two big yeah, hogs on the defensive the thing line. Is, mi- mi- oh, Texas offense stacks up better against the really good Michigan defense than the Michigan offense is going to stack up against what I mean. Yes, Texas lost some guys, but they have a lot coming back too. But you so already me, know what Michigan's going to do with Sharon Moore. Yo, they're running the ball. It's, they're going to do. They're going to do. You're, exactly. you're not going to. To me, you can't beat Texas the way Texas is going to be next year, scoring twenty, like you could Bama. We you don't know, know me, that. Don't we, you can. we don't. We don't know that playing in the big house is that's. I mean, we Look, is playing in the big house with all they lost going to be any tougher than going to Tuscaloosa and hanging over thirty against Alabama last year? I don't think that it is. But that was a totally different. They wouldn't have if they had played Alabama late in the year. They wouldn't have hung thirty on them. That was yeah, a totally see, different I, Alabama team. I don't agree with that. And I, it's I, not I, because I, of the defense. Yeah, it's because the offense was different, and you get less possessions because they're running the ball and they're keeping you off the field. That's I, totally, I never. I don't. That's a totally different that. game. I don't think Alabama's offense was any different later in the year. I've, I've never understood no, no. this. No, I said they were a different team. Yes. I don't think the Alabama offense is any was any better in week 10, 11, 12, and 13 than they were in week two against Texas. That's my point. Okay, I don't think not, they were a different team. And, they and took I, advantage no. of Caleb Downs mm-hmm. in his first college game sure. for big plays. Sure. Georgia tried that in the SEC championship game. He's a totally different player. Georgia doesn't have didn't have the receivers that they had though. But, but do you agree he's a totally different player? By game to nine, degree, and 10. I don't say to- he was better. That's my point. Better. Yeah, but that's, that's one that's, guy. That's my. I just point. think that's when you look at the results, I, I get what you're saying, Sean, about that. But to me, like when you look at the results, I just I, I watch Alabama's offense and I'm like they they weren't any better against Georgia than they were against Texas A&M or Ole Miss or anybody else they played earlier in the year on offense. I mean they. Their offense wasn't very good against Tennessee. Their offense wasn't very good against Arkansas. Their offense wasn't very good, very good against Auburn. They should have lost that game to Auburn. The offense had some good moments against Georgia, but but they, they had barely 300 yards. Their Michigan. defense set them up. To me, I just when I look at Michigan, I understand what you're saying. They're good. I just don't know that week after week they're going to be able to hold up the way that they did last year when they really weren't challenged until late in the year. Ohio mm-hmm. State challenges them. And then they get a month off before they got to play somebody else. And they really only played two teams all year that could remotely throw the football, in my opinion. And they did well in those two games. But this year, you're going to have to face that a lot more than you did last year. And that's kind of where I'm coming from. I just don't know that they they have the ability to defend the, the throwing. I mean, you don't have Mike Sanderstall. He was huge for them against Washington. You're not going to have him next year. You lose your mm-hmm. other corner next year, right? So it's going to be a little easier to avoid Will Johnson this year and do damage than it was like you avoid him this year. You got to deal with Mike Sanders drill or okay, whatever. But do, do you have to give Michigan the same respect you give Mike Mickens? Because the one thing Michigan has done in the last five years is produce safeties. And yeah, but it's not the same coach. No, but the, if the Mike recruits, Mickens left, but if my Mike point Mickens is the recruits left, are there. Yeah. But if Mike, well, the, the players of, are there. Got two new starters. They got to get my point is this, Sean is, is if Mike Mickens left, you say, yeah, the talent is good, but the question would be, can the new guy develop it the way Mike Mickens did? That would be the question. That's what I said that. And I, the coaches and I don't, and I don't and know. That we don't. We can't answer that fully because we don't know who the DB coach is going to be. Right, and and, to, and you made a good point too. This isn't Jesse Minner's defense no. anymore. It's Wink Martindale's, and I don't. I didn't like that hire. 
So to me, and if oh, like, Chief Brody, if you really think Texas is about to walk in and just blow Michigan out, I'll take that bet. And I'm not I, a betting man. I think they can because anything can happen in football. I'll take I mean, that bet. Anyone, today. anything can happen. I mean, who who would have thought Notre Dame was going to lose to Miami 41 to eight in 2017? Like anything can happen. But I I think it I think it's nuts to predict that because to your point, Sean, I don't think Michigan can beat Texas next year. But it's not going to be a high scoring game. No. My my point is Texas only needs to get to 20 to beat Michigan next year. And I think they can definitely get to 20 to 24, 27 against Michigan next year. I mean, Ohio State did that this year. And I think Texas is going to have a better team than Ohio State did ne- next year. Who are their receivers? Who's who's the receivers? Texas. Well, they're going to have here. Let me let me pull it up. We'll go over that because they got some good At transfer least. guys in here. They got the Silas Bolden kid from um, from Oregon State. From Oregon State, yep, yep. I mean, okay, I'm pulling them up. They have some young guys that are coming up as well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull these up because I want to be specific with you on who they got. So Texas, I know they're gonna, I know they're gonna be talented. Those sure, sure. young and talented. So, yep, you've got you've got the young guys as we talked about, John T. Cook and the young guys coming up. So you're familiar with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas this year, that's 25. Let's go to 24. Texas, I would fear. It, hold on, let me just give you the names, and then we can yeah. we can we can get into it. So here they got Silas Bolden, mm-hmm. they got Isaiah Bond from Alabama, and they got the Matthew Golden kid from Houston, who's a very good player for Houston. So to me, those are pretty good weapons. Do they scare you like Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell? Well, I was not a big fan of Xavier Worthy, to be completely honest with you. He's pretty uh, much Isaiah Bond, or in that mode. I think he's more Silas Bolden. But I think Silas Bolden is. See, I, my issue with, with with Xavier Tom Xavier Worthy is he was not real strong, and so you know that's like we talked about with, with Elijah Burris that play strength, and he could mm-hmm. get knocked around, and he had very inconsistent hands, and I didn't think he was a really clutch player. You know, I mean, I, we talked about you go back to the Washington game a year before, and if he catches a couple deep balls that uh, that that Quinn Ewers is throwing to him, you know that 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 sucker might look a little bit different. You know what I mean? And so to me, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm a I like the receiving core they had. I think they're going to spread the ball around a little bit this year. I think they're going to be able to run the ball really well next year as well. I think they're going to be a better running team than they were uh, at the end of this year because you're going to have some good backs coming back. You're losing Brooks. Yeah. Your offensive line gets everybody back. Uh, and and but you love the two young running backs, though. I will say that. Oh, yeah. yeah. The two sophomores they're going to have. Yeah. They weren't as good as Jonathan Brooks in 2023. Right. But with the right. O-line being better – and mm-hmm. them coming back, I think the run yeah. game is going to be even better next year. And the thing we know about yeah. Sark is he will build around the run game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, to me, like when when I look at Xavier Worthy, I just I'm he's never struck me as a guy that like plays well in the biggest moments, you know. And, and he did he had a couple of nice catches against Bama. Ad Mitchell was a polar opposite. He was that guy mm-hmm. that just he could not do anything for a month against. Iowa State and whoever else, but then you'd get to the big game and he was going to make plays. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you that. He he was a guy that I thought was a. I mean, in the second half against Washington, yeah. I mean, he but was see, a big reason which, that they came back. Yeah. No which doubt. Texas team are you going to get? See, that's my only hold back. Why I just don't fully invest in mm-hmm. Texas because I can watch go through their season impressive at Alabama, very questionable against Kansas. Very questionable against they, Kansas No, no, no. State. You're thinking Kansas the year before. They blew Kansas out this year. No, no. Kansas State at home. I gotcha. meant Kansas State. Gotcha. Questionable against Kansas State at home. I want to say the another questionable game. They they lost to Oklahoma, but that, that was a 
They were better than Oklahoma. They, Dylan Gabriel just played out of his mind that day. My thing and they turned State, the ball though, over. Sean, I, I think the K-State game showed me why I do believe in Texas. Because you played a very good Kansas State at home with your backup quarterback and were able to say, we're not going to ask Malik Murphy to go carry the game for us. We're going to run the ball right down their throat. And they did. They ran for almost 250 yards in that game. Okay, but and my, so point, to my me, point is they have not gotten to the point, in my opinion, mm -hmm. where they're Texas, they show up, and you know this is what you're going to get. Yeah. And it might be a slight dip every now and then. Sure. They played horrible in that second half as a team it was against Kansas State. Right. Like, I would, I would if say Kansas State, East, Kansas East State wins that game, Kansas State wins that game if they don't make the mistakes. Because Texas couldn't stop them defensively. But I don't in the think it's a half. close game if Quinn Ewers plays. That's, that's fair. That's the, right. I mean, that's so, fair. Again, we're talking about a K State team that you and I both like that you beat with your backup quarterback. I, like to me, that that's a good win. And and that's the difference between Michigan in 2023 and Texas is Texas was challenged in more situations like that than what Michigan was. I mean that. Like you and I have said, you've got to give Michigan credit for how they finished the season. You cannot take away the fact that they beat Ohio State, Bama, and Washington. Absolutely not. However, it's not a given that Michigan could have even got to that stage if they played the kind of schedule that that Texas played or like Bama and these other teams played. That's the pushback that people will give. That's fair, mm -hmm. but that doesn't have anything to do with what Michigan did at the end of the season when they stepped up. That, that's my point. They're, those are two different conversations. And so I think it would be a little nutty to say Texas is just going to blow Michigan out. I am not there. I'm just looking at this Michigan team and saying they weren't a very good offense this year. And next year they lose Harbaugh, who was a very good offensive mind and certainly had an influence over what they did this year. You're going to lose a big chunk of your offensive line. You're losing Blake Corum. You're losing, I think, all your top pass catchers at the receiver position. You do get Colton Loveland back. Colson Loveland back, who's a very good tight end, mm -hmm. has a chance to be one of the best top five best tight ends. The problem, however, Michigan is this, Sean. Michigan is not as prepared, in my opinion, to replace the players that they lost like Texas is because Sark has recruited really well, and mm -hmm. Jim Harbaugh did not recruit very well his last three years in Michigan. That's another factor, too, why I'm not a believer in Michigan. And and the guys that were responsible for doing a lot of the developing aren't there anymore. And that's the other pushback that I have for Michigan. I do think it'll be a good game, though. I don't think you're I don't think anybody's gonna walk in the big house and expect to blow Michigan out. I just no, don't think Michigan's gonna have the ability to score enough to win games next year. And they're gonna be challenged. I don't know that they're gonna have the depth either. They they're losing like 40 guys from their team this year, Sean. Like that's that a lot of singles. Yeah, now, and I don't know seniors. that they're going to have the depth from a recruiting standpoint to just replace those guys. All I'm so, saying is they played a lot of sophomores, especially especially defensive spots. Their defensive front is going to be very good Yes, next year, no doubt. I'm just saying we've seen teams lose four games to the very good defensive fronts, right? Like I mean, they're not losing to Illinois. I saw somebody in the chat. I'm in Illinois. They're not losing to Illinois. I mean, they almost lost to Illinois two years ago. Yeah, Illinois that had a stacked team at Michigan. Yeah, we'll see. Illinois we'll had see. a stacked team this year. We yeah. don't have a quarterback. The we'll offensive see. line is gutted. We lost. I also don't know that they're going to have. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of JJ McCarthy, but the one thing he could do is when things broke down, he could go make plays. Oh, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. I mean, if if Alex Orgy's their court their quarterback, 
yeah, he can run, but are you going to be worried at all about him throwing the ball on you? Who else? Who is? Who else? Jaden Davis. Oh, the freshman. freshman. He's not even that good, in my opinion. I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. That's the other thing too. Small. That's like a small quarterback and a big, huge quarterback. Yeah, (laughs) two very different styles of play, too, man. One's like a basically a wing T, single wing running back playing quarterback. And I hear, oh, he's got a big arm, big arm. I'm like, yeah, so did Joe. It's the same crap we heard you Michigan fans talking about with Joe Milton. Mm-hmm. So I just I think I think they're they're just they're, it's gonna be a tough spot for them this year. There's no you know, no people just think, see, I just believe in culture, dude. You can fall off, but that four or five loss stuff, it's like dude, yeah, but you're asking a lot of well, five I'm not asking in the big ten, I'm not is too much, but four is is certainly doable. When you consider the fact that they have to play Texas out of conference, USC in conference, you have to play Oregon in conference, Washington in conference, and Ohio State in conference. So if you have to choose who's going to win the trenches between USC and Michigan in that game, who would you choose? I mean, of course Michigan's going to win the trenches. Oh, dude, so that- but that's not the only – I mean, I, that's not the only thing that goes in the game. So, I mean, if, if you're winning the no, trenches – No, it's a very, impo- it's a very, it's a very important, important part. part of it. But, again – if you're USC, you don't have to you don't have to score 40 to beat Michigan next year, Sean. That's the whole point of this. And you're going to have plenty of talent on offense to go and I actually think we this is going to be an RTCF show, Sean. The fact that I think USC's offense is going to be better next year without Caleb Williams, not because of Caleb Williams, but without Caleb Williams. Because it's going to force Sart, it's going to force Lincoln Riley to go back. I think Lincoln Riley put Caleb Williams in too many you have to be Superman situations this year. That was on Lincoln Riley. That's fair. You don't have that anymore. It's going to make him go back to where he was at Oklahoma, which is you got to scheme and call plays. You mean run the the ball ball to your playmakers? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And 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 so I and getting Zechariah Branch in year two and 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 uh, Deuce Robinson and some of those guys, I actually think they're going to be a better offense this year than they were last year without Caleb Williams, not because Caleb Williams is gone. I'm not doing that crap. But you kind of saw it in the bowl game. That's a that's an asterisk because, again, Louisville was missing a ton of dudes from that game. But you saw Sark go back to – or not Sark, but you saw Lincoln Riley go back to, I can't just put the cape on this kid and ask us to ask him to carry everything. I got to do my part too, protecting him, run the ball, call screen game, move the pocket – do things to scheme guys open. Like, how many times do we see guys running wide open for USC in that game that we rarely saw in the regular season against good teams? Why? Because they weren't doing the same stuff to set that up. You weren't really worried about them running the football this year, even though they had Marshawn Lloyd and and Austin Jones, because they just – they didn't really try to run the football. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they came out against Notre Dame and before – when they didn't even try to run the ball. Like, I mean, they beat Notre Dame the year before because the run game, not because Caleb Williams – because the, the the run game made it so much harder to defend Caleb Williams. They took the pressure off him. This year, he came out and was like, let me just go guarantee this kid a second Heisman by playing, you know, putting up by, by, by doing Superman stuff. And that, to me, hurt Caleb. And you look at USC's last three games of the year, for example, they ran 73-3 and 71 yards. You know, like, that's just not going to get it done. But I I just feel like, that's a potential for them next year. But, of course, with USC, same question. Who's their quarterback going to be? I don't know the yeah. answer to that. But I'm a lot more confident that that Miller Moss or the kid that transferred in from UNLV are going to be able to make plays than whoever the heck Michigan's quarterback is going to be. Because, yes, trenches matter. 
but what's the other position in college football that matters a ton? Quarterback. And you couldn't even name yeah. one more than one guy for Michigan. The only, but the only the only formidable quarterback they face is Clint Ewers. You don't know about any of the other quarterbacks, though. You don't know how that quarterback is going to be at Ohio State. You well, think I mean, you know, you, you have don't know. You, I mean, well, he was wasn't he the quarterback that did what you talked about to ripped up Texas last year? He was the quarterback for that game, wasn't he? Yeah. And we know that Texas secondary was suspect. Oh, very suspect. All year. Very so, suspect. So, yeah. I mean, that's with a grain of salt. And they had a suspect offense, a sus suspect secondary that took them all the way to college football playoff because they could outscore people. And when and they faced that, the offense the that could actually throw like, the ball. I don't think Texas is going to be a playoff team this year. I don't. I, I really? Mean, I, huh? You don't think they're going to make it into the playoff? No. Four team. I'm talking about if it was a four. Team. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. If it was a four okay. team, okay. I don't think they're making the playoff this year. If it's a four team playoff, because I think their schedule is going to be harder to where they wouldn't be able to do what they did last year. But to me, to go out there and and, and be a eleven and one, ten and two team. If you're ten and two in the SEC, you're in the college football playoff, mm -hmm. in my opinion. I think they can because this year, the margin for error is is going to be greater because it's a twelve team playoff. I think Michigan, Texas last year against Mich against Texas this year, to me, you're going to have more losses. Mm -hmm. But the specific matchup against Michigan, I don't see that being an issue because teams in the SEC will be able to score on Texas to exploit what you're talking about. Yes, they have a secondary that's shaky. Who at Michigan is going to be able to exploit that at quarterback or wide receiver? That that's okay, my opinion. now now we're being disingenuous. They had a freshman outrun Alabama for a touchdown to Rose Bowl. We acting like Who? Michigan just doesn't have talent. The, I didn't the say talent. talent. Who? No, I'm saying we act like they just have the what? the uh Samaj the Samaj uh -huh. Morgan was like their right. third option at receiver uh -huh. as for true freshman. Okay, and you a think great he's be what Roman Wilson was last year. He was the same thing Roman Wilson was as a freshman in the offense. You think he's not going to get better like Roman Wilson did? Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm not. First of all, I'm not being no, disingenuous. Y'all sound, y'all sound real disrespectful Sean. now. Like they just didn't have. You can any disagree talent. with me all you want, but it's not disingenuous. I think you know me well enough to know that I'm giving you my opinion. It's no, no, what I believe. It's not, not being you. disingenuous. I'm talking about some people in the chat. Okay. Being disrespectful, talking about who's going to catch the ball. If they just had a freshman. Well, first receiver. of all, I just talked about. Their tight end. We're gonna have one of the best tight ends in college football next year. Right. But with all due respect, just because a guy was good in a complimentary role where no one's focusing on him doesn't mean you're gonna step up and be the number one guy. Exactly. But well, that, that was and the same path Roman we're talking Wilson took. We're talking the same about path. But we're talking about a matchup against Mich against Texas. That's where this whole conversation is coming. That's week right. two. So right. you think in week two, some Simaj Morgan or what's the kid's name from Illinois that 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 um Played for them this year, the Notre Dame recruited. I'm drawing a blank here, Sean. You know what I'm talking about the kid that went to Nazareth Park or Naz. Um, oh gosh, this is going to bother Re me. A wide receiver? You talking yes. about JJ? And the JJ went to that. You talking about no, no, a wide no, no, receiver? No, no, no. Um, yeah, the kid that Notre. Yeah, the kid that he was a teammate of JJ. Where Tyler Morris? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the kid have, that right? caught the touchdown in the Rose Bowl. Correct. I know that's who you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. My, my whole point, though, is when he's in the game catching that, he's option, what, three or four? And you get open. He got open. Was it a cross or an over route, I believe, is what it was, right? Because you're mess, focused yeah, on other people. Route. Yeah. So my whole thing is just because you can be a number three or four 
doesn't mean you can be a number one. Or here's the other part. If you can eventually become a number one, doesn't mean you're going to do it in game two of your sophomore year against Texas is my point. Cause that's the matchup we're talking about. It's in week two. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you're asking a lot of a team that wasn't very good on offense this year to go out in week two and be able to take advantage of whatever weaknesses that you believe Texas has, some of which I completely agree with, and be able to outscore Texas. I think that's going to be very hard to do, and I don't think they're going to do it. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, but if you look on paper, I don't I don't think it's close between those two teams, in my opinion, because Texas is, to me, going to be better in the areas where they're weaker than Michigan is going to be. Again, the most important position in the, in the game of football is quarterback. And most people can't even name more than one quarterback on Michigan's roster, right? And the kid mm-hmm. they have is, is is I mean, they put him in there to basically do what Tyler Buckner did, but he's not even the thrower Tyler Buckner was in high school. Right. That, that's my concern with Michigan next year. The schedule is going to be very hard. That, do I think that the they're going to take a step that back and continue to suck? for? Few? No, I think they're going to take a step back this year, mm-hmm. be a four-loss team, because the schedule's hard, and then keep building back to it. That's going to happen sometimes because the thing that Sharon Moore is stepping into is, and this has to be, this has to be appreciated. Otherwise, you're going to just think the guy can't coach. Is he stepping into a situation where their head coach already did that? Did not recruit for three right. years, right. basically. They're recruiting like they just they get a kid here, get a kid there, but top to bottom, their recruiting was not very good the last two, three years at very important positions. Mm-hmm. Quarterback being one of them. Yeah. Receiver, one of the best receivers they recruited, transferred out, Darius Clemens. He's not going to be there. Right. And then when you look at how ramped up the schedule is, where the difference with Sark and Texas is he has recruited at a very high level since he's been there. Oh, so, yes, okay. they're going to lose this guy. They're going to lose that guy. But you're in a better position. It's like what we talked about in the bowl game against Oregon State. Yeah, I know Notre Dame lost this guy and Oregon State lost that guy, but Joe Walt leaving is not the same as the kid, the right tackle for Oregon State leaving. Because Notre Dame is putting in a guy like Charles Jackson. That's where I'm coming from with Texas and Michigan. I'm not saying Michigan's going to suck and Sharon Moore's never going to win and they got no dudes, but they've got some glaring weaknesses at some very important positions against a very tough schedule. Because the whole thing about their schedule, too, Sean, is. You may say, hey, they're not going to lose to Alabama. They're not going to lose to Illinois. They're not going to lose to this team. They're not going to lose that team. But the difference in their schedule this year compared to last year is the fact that every week you're playing week after week after week a better team. I mean, just the first two – your three of your first four games alone, right? And even if USC is just an eight and four, nine and three team, it's still better than what you've played most of last year. But you're playing Fresno in the opener. That's a good football team that won nine games last year. You're playing a college football playoff team in week two. You're playing mm-hmm. USC in, in game four. Uh, you're playing where I lost the schedule. The stupid advertisement just popped up. You've got Minnesota in game five. They're going to beat Minnesota at home, but it's going to be a physical game. you got to go to Washington the next week. They should beat Washington, but that's not an easy game. Then yeah. you're going at Illinois. That's going to be a game where, again, do they have Devin Witherspoon and do they have Newton and and there was the Brown kid at state. No, they don't have that, but they're a competitive team. They're going to battle you. Then the week after that, you've got to play Michigan state who is going to be a much better coach team this year than it was last year. In my opinion, you're going to have a very good young quarterback in Aaron Childs. 
uh, stepping into that lineup where their quarterback last year was awful. Then you've got to go at Indiana. That's a that's nah, Northwestern at home. Again, they're, they're, they're going to beat Northwestern at home, but gonna it's going to be a battle. Yeah. And then you got to go to Ohio State. So to me, it's that it's that consistency of they may surprise us and beat USC or beat Oregon, but then lose to Illinois or, you know, because it's hard to step up every single week when you don't have the depth. And that's going to be the biggest thing for Michigan this year. They had great depth in 2023. They're going to have very mediocre depth in 2024. So let's say Morgan does step up and play well. But what if he goes down? What if they play a team that can match up corner-wise? Do they have the other pieces? That's where I think Michigan's going to struggle. And they say, well, you, saw, you lost Blake Corm. You saw Donovan Edwards. Yeah, but last year you had Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards. Has Donovan Edwards ever proven he can be the guy week after week after week? He after can't week? improve. He can stay healthy. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's, where, that's what Sharon Moore's walking into is he is not going to have the depth. You can talk about culture all you want, and that's totally fine. And I think he's going to be able to continue the culture of that that, that Jim Harbaugh established because I think Sharon was a part of establishing that culture. Like, we've, we've talked about this before. Jim Harbaugh was responsible for building the culture at Stanford. But part of the culture was the coaches he hired that could carry that out, David right. Shaw being a perfect example, mm-hmm. right? The difference is that Sharon Moore is not inheriting the final year of Andrew Luck like D- David Shaw did. And and Stanford wasn't gutted the year after Jim Harbaugh left the way that Michigan is. And to me, that's the difference. That is just not a good roster top to bottom when it comes to being a playoff or conference title contending team. Do I think – if they if they're worse than 8-4, and four, I'll be surprised, a little surprised. But no, I do I think 8-4 is where I see them. Never said they were going to be contending for a conference championship – but four, four. I just, I don't see four or five losses. I, that's me. Five, I don't. I don't. Four, four, five I, four, I do. Four, I do. And and dude, Miller Moss, man, Miller Moss doesn't scare me. Miller Moss, Steve Angeli played a good game. I think game. he was being sarcastic with that comment. Oh, I was like, please don't say Miller Moss. That I know he doesn't scare me as a Notre Dame fan. I know that. No, no. I I think again the difference between Miller Moss against Michigan and Miller Moss against against Notre Dame is. Notre Dame should be able to score pretty No, I'm just saying Miller Moss had a good game against a depleted sure. Louisville team. Steve exactly. Angeli had a good game against a depleted Oregon exactly. State team. That's exactly. That's it's, it, it, I don't even know if they're going to if he's going to be their starter. I think that was sarcasm from Chief Brody though. Right. But my thing is is, is again is I just it's the who, week who after they bring week in week. the kid from UNLV. You're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. So those two will battle. I don't know which one of them is going to start, but I just I just don't see it with me. And I think losing some, I mean, losing Zach Zinner and and you know they're going to get some portal guys. I think I think Hinton's coming back next year. He was banged up this year, so that'll help. I just don't think they have. I just don't think they have. Um, yeah, that roster just has a lot of major holes. And like they lose Sanders still and Josh Wallace, I don't think that they've recruited well enough to just immediately replace it. I do think, I do think their safeties are going to be very good against certain teams. But my big concern with their safeties is I don't know that they're going to be able to to really thrive against some of the better throwing teams. In my opinion, this season, that's that would be my biggest concern. But that's like any other any other matchup, sure, right? 
that's throwing teams if they don't have time to throw. But 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 you can't. Your your pass rushing. This again. This goes back to the difference in schedule between twenty three and twenty four. In twenty three, you only had to be up three times. I mean, we saw this with Notre Dame. There were times this year where Notre Dame's defense just took games over, and there were times when you know Louisville they weren't they weren't bad, but they weren't good, and it hurt you. When you play a schedule where you have to be up week after week after week, those those weeks where your where your D line wasn't there this year, you were playing somebody that just you could literally just sleepwalk through for the, for the most part for the Michigan schedule early, and it's that's that's a thing for me, Sean. It's going to be it's just that week after week challenge. Let's move. Let's move. Let's get to a couple more here before we get out of here. Here's a basketball question for you, Sean. Is that say three fifty seven? Yeah, it's three fifty seven. Yeah. Well, we've had two topics that took up about half of that. Um. That's the most intense I've ever seen you get on the show, man. Defending Michigan. That's no, not- man. Because I, I, I'm too. You know, I'm a huge Notre Dame fan, but I, I was, I'm not. I was pissed. I'm not going to be disrespectful because I thought you were calling me disingenuous and disrespectful. No, no, no. no. When people no, get hyperbolic, chat. get hyperbolic in the chat, it's like, come yeah. on, man. They don't have any talent. Like, yeah, come on. They'll have some it, very good talent in spots. I mean, there's a couple Coach of linemen if they jumped into the pot. If they jumped to the portal, I'd want to go get for sure. Is Coach Ivy asking too much from a true freshman? This team seems one-dimensional to me. No, Brian, this is a conversation we have all the time on the yeah. phone as well, bro. And I, I, mean, and I talked about this the other day in the mailback too, Sean. It's like I think people have to understand you're having to do certain things out of necessity. Mm-hmm. If you if if Olivia Miles was healthy and, yeah. and Anna DeWolf missed half the year, I mean, you saw what she did against Florida State the other day. She just only played half the game so far this year. Yeah, Tonya Centron missed a month the season. You're missing your one of your transfer bigs hasn't played all year, almost all year because she's hurt. Like they only have a seven person bench because they only have seven healthy players. Cass Prosper's been out for over a month. Yeah, like the thing is, is if you had a healthy team, you'd see a different looking team. She might only be scoring 18, 19 points a game and be averaging 12 assists per game. Right. I mean, so so I, I just think it's. They're one-dimensional to a degree. I don't think they're one-dimensional because Maddie Westbelt's a very big part of that offense. But I think that they've had to rely on her more because they – who else are you going to rely on? I mean, there was a stretch this season, Sean, where they were playing games without Sonia Citron, without Cass Prosper, without Anna DeWolf, without Olivia Miles. What exactly is your game plan at that point other than Hannah – Go drop 30 for us and and kick enough balls out to Maddie to pump some three so we can win. I mean, there's times this year where Kylie Watson's had to be your third best player. Yeah. She's a role player. I mean, that so I the the, the thing we haven't seen Coach Ivy have the full squad she had, but yeah. I'll kick it to you on this, Sean. This is where she is going to have to make some recruiting adjustments. Because I think relying on the portal for your post players alone has turned out to be a little bit of a problem, in my opinion. And I hope that I've said this before, getting Kate Cavall is a step in the right direction for that. But that's the one thing I think you and I definitely agree on is she's going to have to do a better job building legitimate post players if she's going to compete for championships. Guard play is not a problem. Do you have to be able to recruit? And supplement with the portal if you're going to have the depth that wins championships. That's what LSU does, right? They go to the portal to get their starting power forward next to Angel Reese, but then they went and got the six foot four girl out of the Bronx, New York, 
as a true freshman for that three that rotation in the paint you're gonna have to supplement your recruitment with the transfer portal not go to the transfer portal to get your interior right you have to be able to do both in order to compete because south carolina and lsu aren't going anywhere right and they're gonna have three or four girls that are six five and bigger i mean just Absolutely. every year just from the system they run that's right. their system right that's what they do so you can go get all the great guards that forget facing them you're having problems against Syracuse, getting out-rebounded like crazy. You're having problems against other ACC, right. Louisville, other ACC teams. Where are you losing? In the paint. Right. And, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's too much. It's the same thing for Mark. Look, Notre Dame has the best two freshmen in ACC basketball, men and women. Yeah. It's fair. Men and women. Let out. They do. That's a great foundation. You know, I know Shrewsbury knows what he has to do. Do they have to get stronger? They're really young, so they're going to be so much better mm -hmm. next year just from yeah. the experiences they have this year. They're going to win so many games right. from just experiencing the ups and downs this year with the current guys that they have. Right. Then they're going to add probably in the portal recruiting. Yeah, and, and their friend, I like, I mean, getting Sir Muhammad and, yeah. and uh, the, the sharpshooter from, from was he's originally from Illinois, and he, he's playing at IMG, mm -hmm. but he ain't originally from Illinois. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and then yeah. Casey, Kerry Booth's going to be year older. Oh, year older. Davis kid. kid. Is kid the Davis kid coming back? I'm not sure on him. The other kid that they brought in from Penn State's only a sophomore. Right, right. You know, I mean, he's young. He's going to develop his game. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, the, the, I think the thing that, that has made some people more frustrated with the women's team is because this is what year four for coach Ivy. Mm -hmm. And and part of it is like, it's what you said earlier, Sean, you have to have the foresight to know what's coming. Yeah. And they benefited from having some good transfers, but like she has just kind of said, that's just what we're going to do. We're just going to, you know, and you can't always know that there's, what was the girl's name last year? Lauren, was it Lauren? Um, What was, what was her name? Sean? Get a name. I yeah. love watching her play too. Yes. Oh, man. She was a joy. Like, you got her, and that was huge for your team mm -hmm. because she could. I mean, she was a physical. She was what six three, yeah, and she was a, a, a bigger body. Like she could, she was a true post player. Mm -hmm. And so you you had a little bit of that. And when she was on, when her offensive game was on, you were hard to beat. But it, the problem is, it just the margin for error is so great because when she didn't play well, or if she got into foul trouble, they were in trouble. They were in trouble. And yeah. and that's that's the thing that you've got to you've got to try to avoid is is to be in that. So it was uh, Lauren Ebo. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, and the other thing is KK Bransford has been hurt a lot this year too. Like they've well, been very banged up. They've year. been banged up for the last two right. years, and and the, the the time of the injuries, just untimely right. injuries, going into the, the conference tournament and like two games before against Louisville. Right, that was a battle at home last year. Sonia Centrone gets hurt. Oh, not Centrone. That's when Olivia Miles got hurt. Mm -hmm. And then Centrone has to go into the tournament, pretty much trying to carry the offense, offensive load on our own. They faced, well, I think it was Louisville they ended up facing in Sweet mm -hmm. 16, and they just didn't have enough. They just, they competed. They just didn't have enough. So it's been some unfortunate things that have happened. Um, no, to answer your question, I don't think she's asking too much. She's asking what she has to get from her. There's no choice. Like, yeah. Now, <laughs> if you want to be critical of what Coach Ivy's done, it's okay. You constructed this roster mm -hmm. that didn't have the necessary, and that's fine. That's fair. Mm -hmm. 
but she is trying to rectify that, it would seem. And 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 um, and then when Lauren Ebo does come in the portal, it's great. Right. Go get her. Right. Go get her. Right. Am I wrong in assuming that they thought they might get Olivia back at some point this season? Yeah, I mean, I was told kind of early in the year that she probably is going to be back. But in the offseason when they were constructing the roster, they thought she was going to be back at some point. Right. 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 Because I could tell by when Liel was finally asked about it, I guess when Olivia told Fox Sports that night when they went up to Connecticut yeah. that I'm not playing, it kind of took off guard that she would yeah. be, I guess that she kind of released that. Right. And so yeah, she was questioning about she's, it. Um, she's got a very strange, um, the way she deals with her, her, her physical injury issues is, I don't, I don't know that, 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 yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I think that's more on her. Like you said, Sean. Okay, and, you're speaking of the player, of not Olivia. The coach. Okay, Correct. okay, Correct. okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, an ACL should not – an ACL at any point in time in one season should not keep you from an entire season in basketball anymore. So she's pulling a Derrick Rose. I got you. I got well, you. I don't know about that. I just think she's very um, – I don't even mean this necessarily. I, I, I just think – trying to think of how to put it the right way, Sean. I just don't know that she – I, I don't even know the right way to say it without seeing him in disrespect. I don't think it, I don't even view it as like a, I'm a big time. I'm, I'm, no, I'm no, not, no, no, no. It's just, I just think there's a, there's a, I don't even know the right way to say it. Cause I'll not, give you an example. When I say that Derek Rose came back from injury was man, full going practices. They liked the way he was looking in practices. He told the team, I'm not comfortable enough because right. he came back right before the playoffs. Yeah. And he was like, I don't feel like I'm comfortable enough for playoff basketball. And they decided he's not right. going to play this year. So right. that was my mindset when I said yeah. she's at the D Rose. Does she feel comfortable enough? Yeah. And in where she's fear, at, there's a the fear there. Yeah. For some reason. yeah. That's yeah. a little yeah. bit, I don't know, is the healthiest thing for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you can't make a player play. Mm -mm. You, you can't. Mm -mm. So I think that's where that kind of that frustration came from a little bit. But. Yeah, she's got to do a better job of constructing her roster. Because you and I talked about this on the phone a week or two ago, Sean. Like, mm -hmm. what? What? Yes, Arike Agumbawale was phenomenal. Jackie Young was phenomenal. But what made that team special is if the guards were off, they could still beat anybody. Mm -hmm. And if the guards were on, they were almost unbeatable. Because then they'd start attacking the rim, and now all of a sudden, yeah. you know, how do you handle Jess Shepard? And you had that defensive enforcer, that defensive, re that great rebounder, and Brianna Turner. She got Turner. shots. You you had to think twice about going to the hoop with 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 Brandon Turner down there playing in the post, and and Maddie Westbelt on that team is a three, right? And now you're asking her to be a post player post defensively. Player. They do a good job with her offensively now. They finally found a groove with her with the pick and pops and the you know the dish and drive you know drive and dish type things for threes. They've but defensively you're needing her to be a four, yeah, and she's not, yeah. You know, and 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 that's that's the thing where that's why they're just not to me not a very good defensive team. Like you can't ask Maddie Westbelt to play against South Carolina early in the year and expect no. her to be able to play defensively. That she's just guarding the wrong people. Yeah, you know? unfortunately, and, that's the way they're going to win games. It's the same thing with right Coach now. Suchary. Marcus yeah. Burton has to have high usage, right? If they're going to win games, right. he, he has to. I just think know? that Coach Ivy has made more mistakes getting the roster to that point than coach Schuster mm -hmm. in year one, yeah. but she's seems to be learning from it 
And I mean, they're still pretty flipping good. You know what I mean, Sean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking like fifteen <laughs> team, right? We're we're talking about whether or not they're going to be good enough to compete for a title, and I just don't think that they will be. But you, you know? know why? You see, the thing I like is this evident for both for both sides. Like, you know why? Like, you don't get upset when you see Notre Dame men's basketball lose. You know right. why they're losing. As long as you they know compete. Why. You're good with it. And you trust that Shrewsbury is going to get the talent in and fill the holes, and you know the youngsters are going to get better. So you feel good about that. Just based upon the history of Notre Dame's women's basketball, injuries aside, you're not used to them losing to Syracuse twice in a year. You're not used to – certain teams, from a brand perspective, if they had lost to Connecticut, you'd be like, okay, they lost to Connecticut. Right. If they lose to Louisville, which they have done the last three or four years, that's been a back and back home away type. They win at home, you win, and then whoever wins in a conference tournament, it's just one of those tough matchups, right? Because that's a Louisville's program is elevated. But when you start losing to Syracuse, Fair is a fair twice. is a twice. You fair is a fantastic player. But you're getting right. out rebounded. You get bullied. It's, but that's it's the problem. She, she, you, you don't have the ability to match up with her. She, she yeah. should not be by herself be able to take over games against a right. team like Notre Dame the way that she does. To your point, right? Yes. Absolutely. She is a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. But if she's going against the 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 08, 09, or no, was it uh, what year was it? Uh, not 08, 09. The team with the Rike was like was it 16, 17, and 17, 18? Yeah. Okay. I mean, she's not dominating the way she did. Because she's got Brianna and Jess to have to worry about. And yeah. you had to make her work more on the defensive end than mm-hmm. she has to work more on the defensive end now. That's the other big thing is your bigs back and then had to work on defense to, to with Jess and her post game and Brianna and her, you know, getting offensive rebounds and moving and she can mm-hmm. you know, how they ran the court. And and that's the thing. And she's gonna have that's where she's gonna have to figure that out. But uh I'm I'm seeing a lot of this. Oh, you're asking Hannah to do that. I'm like, they have to. They don't. They can't win they if you're not to. doing that kind of stuff. Like they can't yeah. win if, if Hannah doesn't go out there and score a lot. No you know way I mean? against the good teams. Against the good yeah. teams, they need that now. And when when she's really going and like like we saw this against Florida State, like when Hannah and 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 what Maddie was both 47, on, nine and eight or something yeah. like that. And, that was and, a, and Maddie a had a double double and and Anna and Anna DeWolf was a like 18, 19 point per game score at Fordham. She's been banged up all year. Yeah, and so hopefully this is a sign of things to come for her that she can kind of produce a little bit more because you know as far as the score, but it's still gonna when they play the best teams, it's still gonna have the same problem. Yeah, Maybe because you could had that same problem against uh, South Carolina last night as well. Yeah, it was close for a while, and then just they were just they're just too big. And their size just took over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's the same problem. But uh, maybe we need man. Who? What's the strength and the conditioning program for the women's team? <laughs> I mean, just Interest. I don't care how good your strength conditioning program. Yeah, I mean that's true. That is true. But um, that's a. Good it's just when they when they that. come when you get that many injuries over the span yeah. of like two seasons, it's yeah. like maybe yeah. you want to look at what okay, what are we doing? All right. season to prepare and right. It's a good question. It's a good point. Let's see here. We get we we're gonna get out of here pretty soon. Here here's one, Sean. I want to get react to. I'm gonna read this and I want you to give your immediate reaction. From Brian Harrington, my prediction, Jadarian Price, not Jeremiah Love, is the leading rusher next year. Your thoughts? It could go either way. I, yeah. It could go I won't be surprised way. by that. I could no. see Jadarian having the most yards rushing 
and Jeremiah having the most all-purpose yards at running as among running backs. I can see that. You know, you know the dopest thing that I saw yesterday. And you point, I think I forget what we were talking about, but you were talking about this with in the Ohio State game. Oh, where he had the Tyler Buckner if he had stayed conversation. Mm-hmm. Teams are going to have to adjust this year, dude, because they just cannot commit to crashing down from the edge. It's so hard. And that is going to impact both running backs, honestly. Both running backs, especially if we're not doing pin and pull as much and we're a little bit more zone downhill. This, yo, because Riley Leonard's going to pull. It was so funny to see. My my brother was like, um, it's amazing how this dude that runs a 481 is able to scramble as much as Patrick Mahomes does and make plays. Like he's not like Lamar. He's not he's a, smooth though, right? Yeah. Like he's not explosive, he's smooth and he's smart. You know, uh, yes, he's not the athlete Lamar is, Josh Allen, those guys. No, he's not. He's not. But it's like he he, he can. He's not fast. Do, he's right. a good athlete. He's just not good fast. athlete. That's not fast, right? Because you're like, how does he get outside? How is he able to get outside the rush consistently? It's like right angles, yo, angles, knowing when to go, and that's for me. Those are the things that Riley Leonard can bring. Yeah, he doesn't have to be this perfect. 80% percentage, completion percentage quarterback. If he's the right piece, the impact he's going to have on the running game. I'm not forget the passing game and like the new receivers, the impact on the running game, just on a third. And how many times did we see Aldrich have to go up against nine, 10 in the box on a third and two? On a third, third and two? Three. Sean, how many times we ever see that on first and 10? On third two is a given. Come on, man. <laughs> oh man. Like teams now, you can't, you just can't do that, man. Yes. And that is going to be so fun to watch. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it on you a little bit, Sean. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that the last time Riley Leonard was his team starting quarterback, he was the leading rusher for a full season. He was leading rusher, and he was on pace to lead the team in rushing again this year. He was on pace for about 150 yards rushing this year, too. And the last two years, the Mike Denbrock's been an offensive coordinator. A quarterback has been that team's leading rusher. Now, mm-hmm. Notre Dame has better runners, running backs mm-hmm. than those teams had. However, I will say this. There's the we always talk about the impact of having Riley Leonard's gonna have on the running backs. I think having those two running backs, especially, mm-hmm. are gonna have a big impact on Riley Leonard because you're you're gonna see more times now where Riley Leonard is running out the back door wide open. And you're like, how do you not account for him? And you're like, because Jadarian has had nine carries for 105 yards, and Jeremiah has four carries. For 85 yards you know mm-hmm. what i mean and it's like and they hit that wheel route out of the backfield for a big play and the last thing it's like how do you leave deshaun kaiser that wide open for a 75 yard touchdown run against temple because you were you were tired of cj pro ripping you up in between the tackles right, right. and so there's right. that part too that it wouldn't shock me if riley leonard's your team's leading rusher even if he has fewer attempts than those other guys because it's going to create opportunities where he's going to average you know, six, seven, eight yards a carry. Plus, he's going to get the scrambles, the scramble yards. And you know, you know who benefits the most? 
I think the action that we saw in the Super Bowl, the RPO action that they were running in the second half, where they were running, you know, counter motion, you know, counter action with the offensive line, bringing Travis Kelsey across. And that's on the fourth and one. That's what they went to. RPO, Travis Kelsey across, either throw it to him in the flat or just take off because the DN is crashing down. Like, they're, mm-hmm. dude, they're going to do that to defenses right. a lot this year. They're going to put them in, put them in conflict. Like, okay, yep. defend this. Yep. And Riley is in your hands. You decide. Well, it, it's like I think of that last play, that last big run that Mahomes had. It was a read zone mm-hmm. with the tight end option. It was a matchup zone, right? Yeah, yeah. read zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's running up. inside zone read, mm-hmm. and you've got the tight end coming out the gate. You're yeah. either throwing the slide uh-huh. or you're running it. Yeah. And that's going to – I mean, you're going to be running – You're. I, I fully expect them to be doing stuff like that with Mitchell Evans this year. And it's yeah. like, well, now you're even – okay, now I'm even in a bigger bind because i got to worry about the inside zone runners. Now i got to worry about this this, re, this second – it's like a triple option. Right, exactly. Right, where he gets out the door and he can either throw the slide to Mitchell Evans, and if I don't guard Mitchell Evans and I jump up on Riley, he's dumping that ball off and Mitchell Evans is turning up field with nobody out there. Mm-hmm. Right, your your ex receiver start blocking somebody, and who, who you, you better hope that defense gets over there, or I play outside because I see Mitchell getting outside, and now the inside zone's hitting me because now they're actually running split zone actually on mm-hmm. this play, or do I then stay with Mitchell and now it, which is what the bind that the Niners were put in last night? Mm-hmm. Well, you can't leave Travis Kelsey open. You have to run with him. You have to worry about Christian. You have to worry about uh, Isaiah Pacheco running the football. And then next thing you know, Patrick Mahomes is just just darting upfield for a twenty yard gain, because things like that, when you call them properly and you execute them properly, can put you in huge binds. And there's so many different things you can do off of that. You, you're not going to with the Chiefs. It's a we're it's in our back pocket till we need it. Mm-hmm. With Notre Dame and Riley Leonard, and it, it'll be this case it, if when Deuce Knight ever becomes starting quarterback, it's a part of who you are. You have to be prepared for that snap after snap after snap. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it very, very hard to defend. And and that's what Riley Leonard, to me, brings to the table. Because the difference is if Sam Hartman was off as a passer this year, offense was done. Right. The biggest right. difference is, is Riley can be off as a thrower. And still and impact, still the, impact game. the game in a big, yeah. big way. Yeah. And and that's what kind of you get you get you fired up about. Yeah. It, yeah. You. Real quick comment right here that I want to answer uh, Archer four, five, two says Jaden Smith has withdrawn from his NIL to Michigan after their coaching exodus. Wasn't he committed or close to committing to Notre Dame at some point in time? That was the Smith twins. They ended up signing with Kentucky. Right. Jaden Smith was not someone that Notre Dame uh, you're thinking of, of uh, the two Smith twins. They were yeah. defensive linemen. Yeah. This is a linebacker who they're talking about here. So that had nothing to do with Notre Dame. So Sean, the marathon is officially over. Why don't you go ahead and take us out of here, buddy? Thank you for joining us today on the Monday Mailbag. Great questions, great conversation. The chat was lit as always. Don't forget, you need to go sign up. Boards.irishbreakdown.com for great recruiting intel, great conversation amongst the fan base and IB Nation. And then, you know, you can also check out the merch store. You know, see the hats we have right here. All types of great goodies over there. If you're a coffee person, you have a nice little mug. IB logo like my wife has when she makes her little latte in the morning with her little creamer. And then you can go to the YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure the thumbs up. You smash it for us because it helps. Hit the notification bell and share and let everybody know 
the Irish Breakdown Podcast, man. It's where you need to get all your Notre Dame information. And always, it's enough meat on the bone for everybody. That's what mm-hmm. I always say. Mm-hmm. So for Brian Driscoll, I'm Sean Davis. We bid you adieu until tomorrow for another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Have a great Monday evening.